folks, and welcome to Songs of Our Own, a marital tour through the music that shaped us. I'm your co-host, Lee Strickland. And I'm Al Leone. Well, hey, Al. Hey, Lee. How you doing? I'm doing I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing so good. I'm here with you behind the mic. It feels great. I know, right? This is going to be a little bit uh, different and special of an episode. Yeah, I'm really glad that we're doing it, though. Um, I f- it feels like the right time. Yeah. Do you want to talk about kind of what uh, we're doing? Yeah, sure. So y'all, in the midst of all of this crazy COVID-19 stuff that we're dealing with, we're also unfortunately losing some incredible artists, including Bill Withers and John Prine. And so Lee and I wanted to do a small tribute to those great artists because they've had music that has really shaped our lives. And like, unfortunately, they have passed away right now as well. And so this week, we're going to focus on John Prine. And later, we'll do a tribute to Bill Withers. And we recognize that Bill Withers passed away first, but we wanted to do a little bit more research on him so that we could make sure we do his story justice. And we knew a little bit more about John Prine, which is why we're doing him first. Yeah. And I think for these episodes, instead of doing an entire album or like a bio of the um, artist, we're just going to do like one song. Mm-hmm. So it won't be a full episode by itself. It'll be kind of like, a, I think I have this one titles, titled as episode 1.5. Yeah, exactly. And we won't necessarily just do people who have died either. There's lots of great musicians that have one song that we're just really passionate about. So it might be a nice little sprinkle in in between our bigger episodes. Yeah, exactly. Um, so like Al said, this episode we are focusing on john prine um and what song are we focusing on of his so lee we are going to do angel from montgomery and i really wanted to do this song because when i think about my dad cooking in the kitchen as i was growing up this was a song that was always playing on the stereo it was john prine's duet with bonnie Raitt, and i don't know it just really makes me think of my dad and my childhood Yeah, this song will forever remind me of your father. (laughs) I think I've heard him like literally every time I've been over at your parents' house. I think the song has come on at some point during the evening. Yeah, you know, Lee, that's how I knew that you were going to be the person that I married. Because when I introduced you to my dad, rather than my dad just looking you up and down and being kind of stony about the whole thing, you two just started talking about music and then... I walked away and an hour later I came back and you were still talking about music and I was like, oh my goodness, you two get along. Like, he's the one. (laughs) Thanks. That means a lot. Yeah. So what do you know about Angel from Montgomery, Lee, besides it plays in my dad's kitchen? (laughs) So a little bit of background um, of Angel from Montgomery. So it was written in 1971 and it appears on John Prine's first self-titled album, John Prine. Um, he wrote the song after a friend suggested that he write another song about old people. Um, his friend was referring to John Prine's song, Hello In There. John Prine at the time said that he had said everything he wanted to say about seniors in Hello There. But the idea of talking about something from a like middle-aged woman's point of view really intrigued him. So that's why he wrote the song from that point of view. He said, I had this really vivid picture of this woman standing over the dishwasher with soap in her hands. She wanted to get out of the house, out of her house, pardon me, and her marriage and everything. She just wanted an angel to come uh, to take her away from all this. 
And um, John Prine believes he picked Montgomery for the location um, because he was a big fan of Hank Williams. And Hank has ties to that city. Oh, gotcha. So that's a little bit of background. So the song comes out in 1971 and is quickly covered by a lot of artists. Um, I think the first person to cover it was Carly Simon. Um, Electra Records ultimately rejected that song coming out on her album. I don't know why. Interesting. Um, again, record producers always have the artist's best uh, best feelings in heart. Yeah, what a bunch of jerk faces. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so then John Denver is actually the first kind of high-profile musician, I guess would be the right term, to cover it. He covers it in 1973. Bonnie Raitt then covers it in 1974. Um, and she has probably the best-known cover. Yeah, listening to them do a duet of the song, I think, like, I really love hearing a woman sing a song that's from a woman's perspective. I thought that, like, as much as I love John Prine and I really loved him coming in, I feel like that just added so much richness to this song that, you know, it's not him singing about watching his mother or somebody, but it's like a woman who has felt these feelings expressing it too. It was really beautiful. Yeah, I agree. Um, in a 2000 interview, Bonnie Raitt said, I think Angel from Montgomery probably has meant more to my fans and my body of work than any other song, and it will historically be considered one of the most important ones I've ever recorded. It's just such a tender way of expressing that sentiment and longing, like hello in there, without being maudlin or obvious. Mm. It was all the different shadings of love and regret and longing. It's a perfect expression from a wonderful genius. And that's Bonnie Wright again. Yeah, and I just would, like, I wish I could talk to John Prine about this and know, like, what woman was he channeling like I know he said he had this dream about it but that must have been based on some experience that he has and some woman that he's seen throughout his life and I just wonder like who are these female characters in his life that shaped this beautiful song I mean it's such an interesting perspective to write a song from especially as like a male mm -hmm. I feel like you don't you didn't really see that you know, in 1971, let alone now even. And yeah, I do think it means a lot to hear these very like strong women sing it mm -hmm. and like own it. Like it doesn't really sound like a cover. They're really making it their own. Um, Susan Tendeshi, I think, has a really amazing version. I love how she does it. Um, it's a little bit bluesier yeah. than Bonnie Raitt's, but I really like how she does it. And then the version your dad always plays is from a show Bonnie Raitt and John Prine did. So it's a duet. Mm -hmm. um, and John Prine also did a duet with uh, Emmy Lou Harris on oh, that okay. song. And it's equally beautiful. But I think Bonnie Raitt is just the queen of, of singing that song. Yeah, absolutely. And it's been really neat because he did this same song in a duet with Casey Musgraves, who's like a fairly young... I guess she's not up and coming anymore. She has arrived, um, but she's was a newish country singer. And so to watch him not just give a voice to women like Bonnie Raitt and Amy Lou Harris, but then to like also foster the next generation of musicians, like, I don't know. He's just really inspirational in that way. Yeah, I agree. Kind of coming up in the music industry, he got a lot of comparison to Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. 
and depend I mean depending on who you talk to he kind of never quite reached the commercial uh, status that Dylan reached I think I think he maybe didn't sell as many records as Bob Dylan but I think his words were equally as powerful and you know Dylan had those albums where there's just not like a single word that's wasted and I would say the same thing about John Prine yeah, and I think especially watching the outpouring of emotion from people with John Prine's passing, I would say that he has also reached and touched deeply as many folks as Dylan did. And it's interesting to see it across the generations because it's not just folks like my dad, but then I see, you know, one of our friends who he and his dad listened to John Prine all the time and he was going to go and take his dad's ashes to this John Prine concert in Denver. Like, I think he just had this way of connecting generations through music that we're really going to miss. Yeah, I agree. I know, you know, artists are still able to do that, but I don't know that they're like that it's as prominent right now. Like John Prine was a great example of you could go to one of his concerts and you could see people from, you know, kindergarten with those big like foam earphones on so they didn't hurt their little ears. Uh-huh. I mean, you could see people like that all the way to people with walkers and wheelchairs. So, yeah, he his music just had a way of bringing in people from all different backgrounds and all different places and getting them to come together over music, which I think is really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the whole point of music is to help people come together. And he really accomplished that in his life. And it was truly a life well lived. I agree. He will be deeply missed. And I know we've been listening to him a little bit more in the last couple days, not only to prepare for this episode, but just after his passing, I think we put on more and more of his music. Yeah, and it's so interesting how it has aged because I think... When he was a mailman and he did hello in there, hello, like those kind of themes are still happening today the same way that Angel from Montgomery is. So it's a very timeless voice that he has. Agreed. And it's rare. If you've never heard his um, self-titled debut, I would definitely check it out uh, because most of the songs on there have that kind of ageless quality to them. And um, that's really rare to find in any record anywhere. But yeah, he does a really good job of capturing that. Well, Lee, do you have any final thoughts on John Prine before we wrap it up? I think that's going to that's gonna cover it for me. Um, again, yeah, if you haven't checked out his music, uh, do so. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. And y'all, this has been the first episode that we have recorded since we launched our trailer and our first episode about the Velvet Underground. And we just wanted to spend the last couple minutes also saying thank you to you all for listening to us. It just really, like, it means so much and sparks so much joy to see the messages from y'all and to see the people who are listening, especially our friends over in France. Like, we don't know who you are, but thank you. Merci beaucoup. (laughs) So, y'all, this has been Songs of Our Own, and until we get to be with you again, enjoy your own songs. ¶¶